You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated and time-consuming fast. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, Vanta. Vanta's leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. Watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. Zen is a new elusive evolution of the Quasar Rat that seems to live up to its hype, and Doge Rat is a cheap Trojan targeting Indian Android users. Salesforce ghost sites see abuse by malicious actors, a look into identity security trends. People may be overconfident in their ability to detect deepfakes. Deepin Desai from Zscaler describes a campaign targeting Facebook users. C.W. Walker from SpyCloud outlines identity exposure in the Fortune 1000 and a blurring of the lines between criminal, hacktivist, and strategic motivations. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel Briefing for Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. AT&T has reported their discovery of a new fileless remote access Trojan, CeroZen. The tool is advertised as legitimate, giving access to computers while flying under the radar for the very low cost of only $30 a month or $60 for a lifetime. This rat seems to live up to its hype. AT&T says it's performing well at evading detections and that it effectively combines open-source projects including Quasar Rat, Serogen's progenitor. Quasar Rat, released in 2014 as XRAT, has been used by the Gaza Cyber Gang Group and MenuPass Group since 2017. AT&T writes that Serozen was first observed on a Twitter account in 2022, with the advertiser appearing to be an English-speaking teen. 
The carrier writes that the same Twitter handle published a review of the rat on YouTube. The video approached the review from an attacking and red team point of view, encouraging people to buy the tool because it is worth the money. The reviewers were claiming to be a reseller of the tool. AT&T's Alien Lab regards the Ciro Zen rat as elusive, hard to detect, and worth keeping an eye on. Citing research by CloudSec, Hacker News reports that another new remote access Trojan rat, Doge Rat, has been observed targeting Indian Android users. The malware seems to have been created in June of 2022, shortly after which it was advertised on its Indian developer's Telegram page. Doge Rat, like its namesake cryptocurrency, is regarded as cheap at $30 a month and is viewed as an effective money-making scheme. It exploits consumers by masquerading as legitimate premium applications like Netflix, OpenAI's ChatGPT, or YouTube Premium. CloudSec reports that once the RAT is installed, sensitive data is accessed, including contacts, messages, and banking credentials. They add that the malware is capable of controlling the victim's device and performing malicious actions, such as sending spam messages, making unauthorized payments, modifying files, viewing call records, and even taking photos via both the front and rear cameras of the infected device. Experts recommend not downloading free versions of premium services from social media pages. They are too often malicious. And in the end, they often cost more than the premium services they impersonate. Unmaintained and incorrectly deactivated Salesforce sites remain accessible online, and so, unfortunately, accessible to threat actors, Veronis reported today. If the host header is manipulated, malicious actors may be able to gain access to personally identifiable information and sensitive business information. The Salesforce sites allow for collaboration among customers and partners within an organization's Salesforce implementation. However, these ghost sites, as Veronis has aptly labeled them, are often merely set aside when they're no longer in use, not fully deactivated as sound practice would dictate. This means that the security measures implemented on the sites are often not up to par with current cybersecurity protections. On top of a lack of updates to the ghost site's security measures, they also remain untested against newer vulnerabilities that appear after the site is no longer actively used. Many companies only modify the DNS records of their Salesforce site to direct to an alternative but researchers say that companies often do not remove the custom domain in Salesforce, nor do they deactivate the site. Instead, the site continues to exist, pulling data and becoming a ghost site. Since the ghost site remains accessible in Salesforce, a change to the host header tricks Salesforce into believing the actor is connecting to the original site and grants access to the malicious actor. Veronis advises full deactivation of unused Salesforce sites to prevent such attacks from lifting sensitive data that may be left exposed otherwise. The Identity Defined Security Alliance, the IDSA, released its 2023 Trends in Identity Security Report, conducted by Dimensional Research. The report discusses identity security and its place in cyber and how it impacts security challenges and outcomes. Identity security remains a major cybersecurity focal point, 90% of those surveyed reported an identity-related breach within the last year. 17% of respondents say digital identity security is their top priority. 
44% place it in their top three, and 25% put it in their top five. A majority of respondents report being targeted by phishing attacks in the last 12 months, with 57% reporting that employees clicked on a phishing email without realizing it. Shared passwords between work and personal accounts were said by 37% of the respondents to be a factor in identity-based attacks. The cost of breach recovery, alongside distraction from business operations and a damaged reputation, were cited as the top business impacts from identity security breaches. A global survey by Jumio found that 52% of its respondents who were aware of generative AI and deepfakes believed that they could detect a deepfake video. Jumio asserts that this is an example of overconfidence with the consumer, as deepfakes have reached a level of sophistication which would prevent an unaided human from detecting them. Jumio says that the data also shows a steady uptick in the use of increasingly sophisticated deepfakes across the globe and across industries, with a heavier presence in the payments and crypto sectors. Jumio suspects that training will find it difficult to keep pace with the growing quality of AI-created media. And finally, Trend Micro describes the recent activity of Void Rabisu, a malicious actor believed to be associated with the rom-com backdoor. It's a Russian, or at least a Russophone, gang, and until the last few months, its activities and motivations have generally been assumed to be straightforwardly criminal, motivated by financial gain. Also known as Tropical Scorpius, Void Rabasu has been associated with the Russian intelligence-linked Cuba ransomware operation, and since late 2022, the gang's targeting has increasingly matched Russian state interests. Trend Micro writes that Void Rabasu's associated rom-com backdoor was reported to have been used in attacks against the Ukrainian government and military, and specifically notes a December 2022 phishing campaign that impersonated the Ukrainian Army's Delta Situational Awareness website. The target selection is that of an intelligence service. The tactics, techniques, and procedures are those of a criminal gang. Trend Micro thinks that Void Rabasu's targeting has been connected to Russian strategic goals since October of 2022. The group's evolution shows the continued blurring of lines between hacktivists, intelligence services, and criminal gangs. Of those three, in Russia's case, the intelligence services are clearly in the saddle. Coming up after the break, Deepin Desai from Zscaler describes a campaign targeting Facebook users. C.W. Walker from SpyCloud outlines identity exposure in the Fortune 1000. Stay with us. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, 
Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. everybody want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor splunk you know you need to keep operations humming around the clock but potential disruptions are everywhere splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime the world's largest enterprises rely on splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient resilient and innovative with Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. C.W. Walker is Director of Security Product Strategy at SpyCloud, a cybercrime analytics firm. They recently released results from their latest identity exposure report, focusing on the Fortune 1000. By looking at the Fortune 1000, it um, looks very specifically at companies that are most likely to become targets for some of the most nefarious stuff. It's true that a small mom and pop shop can become a target for ransomware or fraud or theft. The impact, though, on uh, citizens globally is probably a little bit smaller if it's a local dance studio versus a regional bank, right? Um, so that's sort of that's that's where we drew the line in the sand is with uh, the the Fortune one thousand. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, let's go through some of the findings here. What are some of the things that really caught your eye? Yeah, so this year we analyzed. Um, little over 2 billion, I think it's 2.2 some odd billion exposed dark web assets, which included uh, 423 million PII assets, which is kind of wild. Uh, and that comes from two sources primarily. One is data breaches. So databases that have their entire user tables siphoned off. And then the other place that we see a lot of this is with uh, malware-infected devices, so um, stealer logs and, and that type of thing. So tied more specifically to individuals that are interacting with uh, uh, or that are employed by Fortune 1000 companies that have, um, unfortunately, during the course of their uh, digital lives, interacted with a piece of malware. One thing that you track here are the trends that you're tracking over time, of course, and what are some of the things that stood out to you there? I think the thing that probably shocked me the most was an almost 800% increase um, over our last year's uh, consumer-infected devices um, in the financial sector, which kind of surprised me. Um, and so part of that, uh, we believe, is looking at the way that criminals are trying to monetize things. So 
we've got some speculation on why that might be. Uh, over the past year, we saw the value of cryptocurrency change pretty dramatically. And so maybe they're more interested in fiat, right? Uh, going back hmm. after our, our hard dollars and cents. But we also are seeing a uh, 300% year-over-year increase in malware-infected employees tied to financial companies, which I think also gives an interesting view into the types of fraud that they're able to commit. Uh, and those are different types of activities. They're related more to um, things like trying to unfreeze accounts, to empty accounts that have been compromised, that maybe have a block technologically to prevent that type of fraud. So trying to leverage those infections for insider threat type of situations. One of the things that caught my eye when I was looking through the report was uh, the degree that some of these organizations are still struggling with the basics, you know, things like password hygiene. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I, as an industry, I think we're really excited about new and powerful things. Pass keys has been on everyone's lips the past couple of weeks uh, with Google moving to having the option to move to uh, pass keys instead of passwords. But Adoption for even things as simple as complex passwords or two-factor authentication is still very, very, very low. And we even see password reuse among employees um, in the Fortune 1000 is still at 62%. And the financial sector still had uh, the worst password reuse rate at 68%. So you're right. Some of the simple things are still tripping, uh, I think, a lot of industries up, but uh, we are seeing things improve marginally on some of those things. So, Good to be half full, right? <laughs> half full. Yeah, it's a bad percentage, but it did change one percentage point in a positive direction, so we'll take what we can get. Okay, all right. Well, based on the information that you all have gathered here, what are your recommendations then? So our recommendations um, are still using unique passwords and complex passwords for each um, account that we're using, whether in our employee lives or our personal lives. That is by far the biggest thing that individuals can do to protect their security. And whether you're using a password manager, if that's something that um, interests you, um, or you're using the operating system password manager, uh, you know, in iOS or, or Android, creating a unique password to save in that password manager is pretty important. Uh, and so we recommend that. And on the enterprise side, what we're really looking at is for those enterprises that do have a pretty sophisticated program that has multi-factor or is moving to pass keys um, to consider new ways to gain visibility beyond authentication into session identities. Um, that's where the criminals are getting really excited is how they can get into accounts that have a really stellar login protection, but stealing, for example, a device cookie or a, a session token after authentication so that they bypass that completely. Um, those are the two things we, we recommend. You, know, you allude to the fact that that maybe we are slowly heading in the right direction here. Are you optimistic that that uh, that we can get a handle on these things? I'm eternally optimistic. Yeah, I am. I think that um, what we will do is 
we secure what we can and we increase the costs of operation for criminals. And even if we're not able to completely eliminate the things that we have challenges with, if we can eliminate a percentage of it, that makes a meaningful difference for individuals and companies. And I think that that's something to be proud of as an industry. We can always do better, but I'm optimistic that uh, we're moving in the right direction and that we are making some changes that will help. That's C.W. Walker from SpyCloud. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Deepan Desai. He is the global CISO and head of security research and operations at Zscaler. Uh, Deepan, always a pleasure to welcome you back to the show. Uh, there is something that you and your colleagues have been uh, looking into here, and it's something called Album Stealer. Uh, this is targeting folks on Facebook. What's going on here? Yeah, so look, uh, there are so many information stealing malware that uh, we see uh, in the threat landscape today. Threat Labs team uh, discovered a new stealer family. This, we dubbed it as Album Stealer. It's actually targeting Facebook adult-only content seekers. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that, right? So hmm. what we saw was uh, there was an album stealer, uh, which is disguised as a photo album, uh, has some adult content. It will drop some decoy adult images uh, while performing malicious activity in the background. So the way the attack starts is there is a Facebook uh, fake profile page, uh, which which is where this album supposedly exists. When the user falls for it, right, they will download a zip file, which will uh, be hosted on a compromised site or, or even OneDrive is what we saw in one of the attack chain. The zip file contains album.exe file. This is what uh, will have an icon that makes you feel like this is an image. When you click on it, it will open an image file, but in the background, it loads a DLL, downloads and loads a DLL, which is the malicious executable. And the goal over here for the threat actor is to steal cookies, stored credentials from uh, victims' web browsers. It's also able to steal information from Facebook ads manager, business accounts, API graph. And then it obviously leverages this uh, information to perform financial fraud, sell this information to make more money, and, and in, in future conduct uh, follow-up attacks as well. It doesn't strike me as being terribly sophisticated in its targeting here. Is, is this one of the ones where maybe our it's in our best interest to sort of spread the word about it, let people know that on the uh, chance that you're looking for this sort of thing on Facebook, that uh, maybe you need to think twice? Yeah, I mean, look, the the sophistication, the only piece I'll mention on that one is they are using this technique called DLL sideloading. So mm. that technique uh, in combination with uh, uh, some level of obfuscation, they're using, um, I'm kind of going geeky over here on this podcast, but concurrent <laughs> okay. dictionary class, um, which basically masks out all these strings and data in this <laughs> executable file. So DLL sideloading will allow it to evade certain endpoint AV detection if, if they're not looking for 
this, and then uh, the obfuscation uh, is standard, right? That's where they will try to evade the network-based filtering as well. But you're right. I mean, if you are in an office, if you're an enterprise user, you're looking for this content on Facebook using your work laptop, that's that's uh, probably um, not the right thing to do. It's an interesting little bit of social engineering, I think, also, that, as you mentioned, you know, it uses an icon that is going to be alluring to someone and hoping that that'll make them overlook the fact that it's actually inexecutable. Exactly. Yeah, there is definitely a social engineering element starting from the fake Facebook profile page uh, to the file using that icon and then even showing the image. The user may not even know what happened in the back end because the user saw the image and they're like, oh, okay, that's the only thing they got. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, something to be aware of for sure. Deepin Desai, thanks for joining us. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by Rachel Gelfand. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. Mm-hmm.